0: I keep coming back to silence as a sort of wholeness, perhaps even something more than that, something not just full, but spiritual, the essence of everything, perhaps. And it's not just me. In the group conversation on silence, as you'll hear, the spirituality of silence was a recurring theme My name is Rashmi Arbana and I am the host of The Contemplative Edge. Welcome. Listen and let yourself be drawn into deeper inquiry and wonder. You may come away with a simple state change, a deeper connection to your own wisdom and knowing, perhaps an increased comfort with being in a space of not knowing or at the very least, some insights about what you think about the topic in question. If you enjoy this podcast, please go ahead and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts or at www.contemplative-edge.com forward slash listen and share the podcast with people you know would enjoy and benefit from it. In this final episode of this season on silence, we return to Noor, Gary, and Malik, who continue to share their perspectives on silence and go deeper in terms of what silence is and the power of silence in our relationships.
1: The podcast definitely helped me think about it in new perspectives lots of new perspectives. There was a, a quote you, you said, I can't remember who said it, but someone who said that silence is the presence of everything.
0: That was Gordon Hampton.
1: Right, okay. That really stayed with me because that I found that really, really um, spiritual in the way I understand my own faith and my spirituality. Because before anything, there was nothing and before before any anything that any sound or any word or any noise or anything there was silence so for me the source the origin the 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 i guess god for me is also silence because before god created anything it, it was silence until he said be and it was
0: It's remarkable because every tradition seems to have this sense of everything being created from nothing. And in many cases, they speak explicitly about the word, about sound as being what brought everything into being. This reminds me also of Thich Nhat Hanh's book, Silence, in which he speaks about this from a Buddhist perspective. And in particular, he writes about the Bodhisattva of deep listening, whose name, which is very difficult to pronounce, <laughs> but I'll have a go. I think it is Avalokiteshvara, which means the one who listens deeply to the sounds of the world. Avalokiteshvara has the capacity to utter five different kinds of sound that can heal the world. Thich Nhat Hanh writes, if you can find silence within yourself, you can hear these five sounds. The first is the wonderful sound, the sound of the wonders of life that are calling you. This is the sound of the birds, the rain, and so on. The second is the sound of the one who observes the world. This is the sound of listening, the sound of silence. The third sound is the Brahma sound. This is the transcendental sound, Om, which in the Indian spiritual traditions is the sound that has the innate power to create the world. And in science, there is also understanding Now, that at the beginning, I suppose if you speak about the Big Bang, that was a sound of sorts. Or when we look at it from the perspective of frequency, everything is frequency, including sound. Coming back to the five different kinds of sounds, the fourth is the sound of the rising tide, which symbolises the voice of the Buddha and is said to be able to clear away misunderstanding, remove affliction, and transform everything. And the fifth sound is the sound that transcends all sounds of the world. This is the sound of impermanence. A reminder not to get caught up in or too attached to particular words or sounds. So once again, I'm um, paraphrasing from Silence, the um, wonderful book by Thich Nhat Hanh. But all of this begs the question... Given that we keep coming back to the religious or spiritual aspect of silence, does silence have a role to play in such a secular society?
2: So I, I think th- that's a variation on your on the title of your podcast, which is "Is Silence Relational?" and I think the answer is a resounding yes, because w- whether we choose to live in a secular world or a strongly faith-based world or somewhere in between, it's a basic principle that we live in a world of relationships. We don't live in isolation from 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 anyone, or it, that's not a healthy way to survive. At least, so in this time when we we are restricted from relating to people in our lives as freely as we have before, it's really in those moments of silence that you recall how you related to them in the past. And that's really the basis of which you interact with that person. This is a non-video format. So I can't really see you, but at least we know each other from some time ago. And that helps me to absorb what it is that you're saying while I sit here quietly listening. So what does silence really mean in a secular world? It's very multidimensional.
3: I want to go back to what you said about the Word and every tradition. I come out of a Judeo-Christian tradition, and, and, the, and the Holy Scripture starts out with, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and so on. So it's interesting that that in the beginning was silence until the Word was spoken. And maybe that's similar with us, that there's a void until a word is spoken, and that period of silence before any of us speaks a word is an important period of time and space to allow the word to be present.
0: At this point, we could have spent longer just sitting together in the silence. But with time ticking, I invited Noor to speak.
1: I didn't want to break that silence, to be honest, (laughs) after what Gary had said. um, Realizing that in our silence, we can allow the divine to come through us as well. I find it very powerful. And it just means that we need to listen more to our own silence.
3: I I have a a, a kind of a a funny story to share. One of my sons is a a Quaker, society of friends. And so when he got married, it was a Quaker ceremony, a lot of which is in silence. And there's a point in the ceremony at which people are invited to speak, but only if they have something that is uh, that they believe is really relevant and important to share. And when, when my son was explaining this to people, my other son, his younger brother, said to, to one of the people who said, well, I'll, I'll have a lot to say. And my <laughs> younger son said, well... It better be very important because everyone else is listening to God in silence. And I thought, that's really interesting that the Quaker practice of silence is only to be interrupted if there's something very relevant that needs to be spoken. Otherwise, the meeting, the meeting is a lot of silence, a lot takes place in silence.
2: Yeah, I attended a Quicker uh, wedding as well many many years ago. I, it, it it was so simple yet so profound and so memorable in, in so many ways. It, it it didn't have the opulence or the ex- extravagance of other weddings that I was invited to, but in this particular one, I actually felt very present and connected with the bride and groom.
3: Yeah, it, the setting too. We had a small farm. And um, my son, in planning this wedding, had planted a, a row of sunflowers that were just blooming, and it was outdoors. And it was as if we were part of that whole scene in terms of nature and and being able to be quiet in that space at that time for that kind of ceremony. As you said, it was so simple and unadorned except by the natural surroundings that were exquisitely beautiful. It's almost being awestruck in silence. There's not much to do but respond except to fall down on your knees or to just say something about how grateful you are to be there in that moment. And and be blessed by being present and, and being quiet at the same time.
1: So I, I would like to share a bit I like what Gary said about the Quakers' meetings, one of the sayings of one of the s- saints from my faith who said that only speak if your words are going to be more beautiful than silence.
3: <laughs>
1: um,
2: wow. So, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> if if we all followed that, I wonder. I think the world would be quite silent, quite a lot of the time.
2: Yeah, for me, I am probably several decades behind <laughs> Gary and Nor in terms of how I relate to silence. But better late than never. I, I think as of every change, you know, you start. We first start with awareness, and if I learned. Any one thing that I think will sustain me for the rest of my life it, it is really this idea of being able to tame the unnecessary excess noise happenings in my head and consciously work towards quieting my mind when I need to quiet, quiet my mind. So this is kind of a, a ongoing conversation, at least for me, on, on silence.
0: What about you? What have you taken away from this wonderful conversation between Noor, Gary and Malik on silence? And from this first season on silence from the Contemplative Edge podcast? Thank you for listening and reflecting. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review over at lovethepodcast.com forward slash contemplative dash edge. And be sure to share this podcast with people you know that might enjoy it. And of course, let me know what this podcast prompted for you by finding me on Twitter at Rashmir, R-A-S-H-M-I-R. Last but not least, remember to slow down, go within, reflect and contemplate so that you can create change from the inside out.